You're listening to The After Session with Philip Lewis. I'm a therapist based in Washington, D.C., and I hope to provide my perspective on work done throughout the therapeutic process. Some of what you'll hear will be interviews with other mental health professionals or former and current clients. In this case, these interviews are voluntary, not conditional to the status of a person presently in therapy, and those interviews are not considered a therapeutic session or a recommendation for forms of treatment. If you are interested in starting your therapeutic process or engaging in a protocol or technique referenced, please make sure you contact your mental health or medical provider. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. So um, today we have a current client who I actually wrote the blog Motivation Versus Obligation about, or I guess uh, the comments were about. Do you remember that yeah. conversation oh, we had? For sure. Tell me what you remember about it. Um, I don't remember exactly where it was in all in the whole grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. but we were. I was having trouble finding motivation, and mm-hmm. because I've never really done anything for on like on my own accord, and mm-hmm. you know, just for my own initiative, I should say, it's always been like either planned out for me or it's something that I felt like I had to do, and having to like keep the positive mentality and writing down gratitudes and everything. Like I didn't feel any initiative to do that until I, I like we said, we create that obligation sense that we owe it to ourselves to do it. Mm-hmm. We owe it to ourselves to try to be better and happier rather than just like feeling that, that want to be better. Cause I couldn't summon that one. I only summoned enough. I had, a, had a like, ascribe a cause to it i'd say mm-hmm. so when we were working together you thought that there was something wrong with you that yeah. you couldn't keep motivation yeah tell me about that um so from like the very start everything was pretty much laid out for me mm-hmm. um even in elementary school it's like you oh you do this testing and you're gonna keep you're going to go onto this track and then you're going to go through high school and you're going to be put in the smart classes with all your other friends that were, you know, ranked high enough on the test to, and you do that. And then, you know, after high school, you go to college and then you get your degree. And then after you get your degree, you get your job. And like the entire time you grow up, you're, you're just, your people are telling you how gifted you are and how like your future is going to be so bright and how you're going to have a great life. Um, and then after you're done, you, and you're like in the, in the mundane of the worlds, you, you don't, you don't get that anymore. And you're just, you're like, oh, this is it, I guess. And you have no sense of where to go next. And I guess at, at that time I was like, my depression and anxiety was very like still active and my just general cynicism and view of the world and compounded with like my negative self image made like this self-cycling feedback loop where I just would, I wouldn't do anything all day just to try to make it through the day and just so I could go to sleep at night and, and like be done for the day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I felt like there was just something wrong. Like that's not how you should live. It's just trying to negate everything through the day and try to want to go to sleep. How should you live? Well, now I know a little bit more. Okay. Um, living actively trying in pursuit of of feeling good of trying to feel happier trying to do things for yourself and other people that make you feel 
like there is that motivation and that obligation to yourself that one day you can be happy and what it, it will be better what um, i what i like to call in therapy but you hate uh selfishness yes <laughs> not that i hate it it's just i'm growing up it had a different connotation but now i understand that yeah you need you do need to be selfish you need to keep some for yourself what connotation did did it have growing up um just a person that didn't care about other people and would only look out for themselves um yeah having having people who i would call selfish at the forefront of my growing up really made that want uh made me want to not be that because of your upbringing, your experience, you interacted with someone or were yeah. harmed by someone who may have been For sure. selfish? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Walk me through that. Yeah. I mean, my dad's addiction with alcohol, mm-hmm. it was, I mean, he chose himself every time over. And I didn't, of course, I didn't realize this at the time. I was just, I was just in the bunker trying to survive mm-hmm. and, you know, be there for my mom, my sister. And then afterwards, when I had some distance and separation and I was kind of able to, you know, de-escalate that whole chapter of my life, I kind of realized that what kind of person would do that? Like, even if it, if it was him or the disease, it still didn't change his actions, mm-hmm. right? Like he saw us have responsibility for what he did. Mm-hmm. And he was just selfish every time that he didn't choose me or my family. And now I'm remembering, I remember this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, what I said was, that wasn't selfishness. That was pain. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And we all operate off of pain and do things to avoid it or try and make it feel better. And that's just how it was showing up for your father. For sure. But selfishness is preserving who I am, my core, having a certain belief about myself, showing up in the world's or allowing myself to show up in the world that I can be healthy and happy. Those are two different things. Yeah. Do you still see them? No, I don't. Okay. I definitely, since our talks and you've instilled in me that selfishness is also like a key to self-preservation. I don't know how I like that word. Well, <laughs> I instilled in you, but go. Well, you know what I mean. It's changed the, <laughs> it's changed the, the meaning of the word, I mm-hmm. should say. Like, it's not, a wholly negative word as I saw it before mm-hmm. as it's and it's acceptable in some cases and it should be it should be allowed like you're it's necessary it's necessary for sure I don't know about acceptable but it is absolutely necessary to some mind. degree in my head in my mind <laughs> yeah because it goes back to primary needs as a human being mm-hmm. as a being on this planet two things are required I always say this we have to self-preserve and we have to connect. We're hardwired for those two things, to connect and to preserve ourselves. If we don't eat, we always give our food away, we will die. Mm-hmm. If we always give our emotions, our love away, we will die emotionally, right? So there's a physical death and an emotional one if we do not save something for ourselves. The same with connection. In order to to survive, we have to bond with another person. We have to procreate. We have to these are two things that are necessary yeah. for human existence, connection and self-preservation. I think, well, I think my method of self-preservation back then was to, just to compartmentalize and like disassociate everything. And so I really wasn't, I wasn't even like registering emotions at that point, mm-hmm. I would say. So 
I didn't really know a different method of self-preservation. Mm-hmm. I think to me, self-preservation was being able to shut down when things got really bad mm-hmm. or like being able to, you know, make your way through the whole event. And then afterwards, when you know you're secure and safe, like you just shut down. And mm-hmm. obviously that's not very healthy. You're not processing any emotion or you're not processing the experience you just underwent. You kind of just, when you got, when your like shutdown period was over, you just got up and kept going mm-hmm. as if, you know, nothing really happened. And obviously that leads to <laughs> some really deep traumas and unhealthy behavior, but that's the way I self-preserved back mm-hmm. then where the selfishness wasn't even a thought in my mind. Like I would just, if someone needed me or I would just, you know, I would give everything I had because I didn't know how not to. Mm-hmm. And how is making an obligation to yourself a form of self-preservation? You put your needs at the top of the list. Okay. Maybe not first in some cases. Maybe it's like top two, top three. Mm-hmm. But you're doing almost everything with yourself in mind. And that is something I wasn't doing before. Um, and now I understand how important it is to to keep you at your at the forefront at the center the cent that's a better way of putting it yeah Yeah. Yeah. like yeah for sure explain to me your um distinguishment now between obligation and motivation i don't really know what motivation feels like Mm -hmm. i um i never really had that that strive you're beating yourself up for it so much though if you don't know for sure okay because i think that there's expected expectations that you give yourself and, mm-hmm. and others put on you and you also adopt them yourself because you hear everyone telling you that you need to be doing these things mm-hmm. that it's it just to me it was like more of like a fact rather than a goal like i need to do x right i need to be able to do this to get y where i wasn't feeling motivated to do those things i just knew i had to mm-hmm. and to me that wasn't there wasn't like a personal like oh i want to do this like oh i want to like achieve this thing out of just for the sake of achieving it for the sake of myself i never really and even even today i don't really feel those emotions when when we were talking about it um we were talking about how we need to take action in in our mental health or not take action but be active in in establishing good routine in our mental health and in life just like things aren't gonna like you're not gonna sit there idly and good things aren't gonna fall in your lap you have to go put yourself out there you know fall off the bike and get up again because there's no other way the likelihood of something falling into your lap is not high i mean it happens but it happens it's, but it's a whole lot easier for me to do something to make myself happy for sure for sure wait and i remember we were talking about it and i think it was between two sessions um we were thinking of how how can i like how can we, i get motivation myself mm-hmm. And on the the next conversation at the next session, it was more of, I didn't really know any way to spur action within myself other than like, I think I framed it as like, I I owe it to myself. Mm -hmm. And that's where we came up with the obligation to yourself Mm -hmm. that if you don't want to do it, at least you should feel that you, you should do it for yourself. And in a way that, to me is my definition of motivation, right? I owe it to myself to get better, to feel better, to be happy. Mm-hmm. I know 
I know I should be happy now and I know I deserve better and I know I deserve to live a good life. But before those kinds of just seemed like, you know, just things I would say and I didn't really believe them, but with that obligation and I like, I know I, I should be aiming to achieve this and I owe it to myself because, you know, we talked about how the way I see myself versus how others see me mm-hmm. and how they see a person that I don't, I don't, I've never seen that before in myself. And it's, it's an effort to do that. Like I owe it to myself to be the person that they see, at least in my own eyes. And Why? to be happy. I don't know. To be, to be good. I don't know. In my, in my head, I've always been an unhappy person. And with the the strides we've made to to be better, to live happily, or to not live happily, but to lead a happier existence, I don't know. I just, to me, I, I seem to owe it to myself to do those things. Not to others. So I must have heard you wrong. Exactly. Not to others. Okay. And I think when I first started therapy, I wanted to do it to get better for... You know, my loved ones how they see you exactly. that concept yeah and i owe it to my mom to try to be better i owe it to like my loved ones my friends to be better and then you know you kept saying that like you need to want this for yourself and i kind of just like nodded my head and yeah of course i do want it for myself but i didn't really believe it mm-hmm. and eventually after like all the repetitions and and staying positive in the face of you know, faking it and not wanting to be positive, you eventually like almost trick yourself into believing it. And I eventually shifted to, I mean, I still wanted to do it for, you know, my loved ones, but I did want to do it for myself even more. I couldn't tell you, like, I don't think it was a, you know, I, an immediate shift, like a on and off switch. Mm -hmm. I think there was just a day where I was like, yeah, I, I do want to get better for me because I, I deserve better. And rather than, oh, I want to get better for everyone else around me. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a little selfish in that. That's too. Selfish, yeah. Like I deserve to get better for me rather than, again, doing things for everyone else that seem like I'm always seemingly doing. Mm-hmm. So when, when I talked about obligation for a bit, I, I, I challenged you to use people in your environment. Use sticky notes, use put the phone away from the bed, like do these things. And I gave the scenario as in like, I have a spending, bad spending habit, right? So there's this one bank in Houston, Texas that is black owned and is the only bank, right? They don't do online banking. They don't do anything like that. And a portion of my check goes to this bank that I can't see and can't access because I physically would have to get on a plane go there and make a withdrawal because I don't have a debit card. I cut out all the online stuff. So I've created that obligation to make sure I'll be financially secure or my kids will be or Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. So I think of our well-being and our emotions as the same thing. Would you mind sharing some of the obligations you created for yourself? Not at all. I I think it's funny because in, (laughs) in a way my obligation to myself is to do less. Mm. Um, I was going to, sorry to interrupt. So no, to do less f- for you, if I can, uh, your vulnerability was your thing. So are you 
uh, using your friends to remind you that you can do left to calling your mom and saying, Hey, if, if I do a, B and C, you need to remind me that I can chill out hmm. and not have to meet this expectation for you. Or because my dad wasn't here, I have to fill in that role. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. How did you like make manifest this in your life? Yeah. Um, it's, it, I was thinking about that earlier. Okay. Um, <laughs> because in, in like, in that creation to my, to the obligation mm-hmm. for myself, I think it's more successful if I just take it easy on myself and allowing me not to live up to that obligation mm-hmm. in, in a way where it's, I'm doing more for the obligation by not doing the obligation. And I mean that where it's not a hard line to your obligation, right? Your obligation to yourself is to just do better. It's not like, oh, I've hit my, I fulfilled my obligation for the day and oh, I didn't. And I, uh, it makes me feel bad you know i don't i don't need to hit an obligation for the day or or the week the month the year um in my head as long as i'm maintaining like upwards progress Mm -hmm. and i'm feeling good about while i do it that's fulfilling the obligation to myself that would imply you have a certain level of self-acceptance yes tell me now i do (laughs) um well we i talked about how like the fear of not being enough was mm-hmm. one of my, is my biggest fear is, you know, not living up to the expectations I have for myself and that others have for me. And, and I think a lot of that pressure came from seeing the way other people saw me rather versus I saw myself. And, you know, I guess in my head, like I always had this grand expectation of, or it was, it was shed onto me that I had expectations of me being like, this person I was. And in, in light of that, I had this sort of paralysis where I knew I wasn't that person, or at least in my head, I thought I wasn't. And that just made me not do anything because I knew I wasn't that person and I didn't want to disappoint anybody and, and feel that shame. So I just didn't act. So in <laughs> on the road to that self-acceptance, I, I I thought about like what my mom sees in me because she always has these nice things to say about me and like how well I'm doing and all this stuff. And, you know, I really appreciate it. And she's always, you know, she's always going to support me. But that's again, that's what moms do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, at least in my, my mom does. And we always <laughs> used to joke or not joke, but she would always ask me how I was doing. And I only realized in thinking about the self-acceptance earlier um, how often I would joke about, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever take my own life because I think too highly of myself. And that made me think about, oh, like how many, you know, why would that, why would I keep saying that? Like, what, what are the questions leading up to that where I would make that joke? And in, in, in seriousness, like the reason that I would, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't take my own life is because I think it would like break my mom and she's already been through too much. And I don't know, like, it sounds funny to say, but I couldn't live with myself if I did that to my mom. Mm. So, yeah, so she sees me in this this very elevated person to who I think I actually am. And not only do I, I use that for my inspiration, I'd say. I, I owe it to her, not only her, but to to myself to be that person that she sees, I guess. And I think that's where that self-acceptance came in. Like, she's seen me through all of my worst and best for you know for better or worse and like if i should <laughs> i should see what she sees in me and 
an effort to see an effort to be that person like like we talked about when i first got here i you know i deserve to be better to feel better and to live better and that you know even if i don't feel like i'm good enough that i am good enough to be that person that i think i should be and that i deserve to be happy you think it'll ever matter for you to have a meet a certain or get to a certain point where your view of yourself trumps everyone else's or even your mother's uh i don't know I think that's up in the air. Is it something you would want? For my my sense of self to be more important than anybody's? Uh, how you view yourself. How I view myself? Because you keep saying, all of these things are keeping you in this tangible world because of someone else's perception of you. Yeah. Not your own perception of you. Yeah. So, <laughs> but those statements that I was saying, like that I, I deserve better, mm -hmm. I deserve to be happy, I didn't believe them when when you first told me to, to say them out loud, to think that when I'm not feeling well, just keep repeating them. And <laughs> over, over, over time, like I did believe them, just from, from repetition and trying to stay positive and, and do, you know, write down my gratitudes and things that I feel thankful for and make that list of, you know, good things that either I did or happened to me or that I saw or that I did for others and like doing things for myself and that in conjunction with like repeating those statements, like it, it made me shift from wanting to do it for everyone else and to have their, I guess their acceptance or like their respect, I guess, to make, to be better for them. Whereas over time, I just, I wanted to be better for myself mm -hmm. and I still want to do it for them. But I think what's most important at least in the stage I am now is being happy for me. And every day is just like, it doesn't have to be the best day and you can have bad days, but as long as you feel good about the actions you took that day to, to try to be a better person and to be the person that you think you deserve to be and the one that you have that obligation to, I think that's a good day. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're, you're taking that effort, it doesn't really matter anything else doesn't really matter. What about giving yourself good things? So you're talking about to be this person, mm. to have this perception, to create yeah. this blah, blah, blah. I sometimes go to see a movie on a Tuesday morning yeah. because I feel like canceling my appointments and going to see a movie on Tuesday morning. Yeah. Because I deserve to. Yeah, I think that goes back to what I was saying is like lessening the obligation is, is maintaining that obligation. Like let's say I had a big you know, a big list of things I wanted to do today. And I would feel really good after I, you know, finished the, across the last one off the list. And I knew, oh, wow, I did, I did everything I wanted to set out, mm -hmm. but you know, that's not ever always going to happen, I should say. And so if you're having a, you know, a crap half first half of the day, you owe it to yourself to take the second half of the day off and, and give yourself your own time. Like you should be able to go see a movie if you've had a bad day because you know that's something that will bring you joy. Oh, I, I didn't have a bad day. I just felt I know, like going. But is, I think, is that acceptable to oh, yes. give yourself something for no reason? For sure. I think that's leading That's leading to feeling good. I think that, and it's also being selfish. Yeah. Like, you know, if you had a prior obligation, you owe it to yourself and you don't think that you can go to that obligation and, and be what you need and you think that it's going to take away from you back you know seven eight months ago i would have gone because i told someone i was going to be there 
And now I've, and I've done this before where it's just like, I just tell them I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't feel well enough to go and I just go and do something else. And I don't feel bad doing that. It's again, you're fulfilling the obligation. You're, you're being good to yourself. You're giving yourself something. Now, for those of you who are listening, I mean, I definitely encourage that, but I also encourage you to go a bit deeper. Um, and that I'm not sure, I'm not saying that you didn't say this or um, this isn't something you don't express, but maybe you didn't think about saying it here. But definitely clarifying or being more vulnerable with those who you feel safe enough to be vulnerable with. Hey, I'm not going because I just need to be good to myself today. Or I don't think I got to show up the way I'm supposed to show up and uh, I'm just going to do something else or pour into myself a little bit more um, because that practices or helps to cultivate that relationship and understanding. And it also motivates other people to be more selfish, as I call it, but I don't know. We can find another word, but more giving to the self as well and explains it. I'm not just not showing up for you. Mm. I'm I'm showing up for myself for sure right now. Yeah. Instead. I think that's something I would have never done before I started this, <laughs> this with you. I, and now I'm more than willing to do it. And when you talk about opening up and being vulnerable, I think that's also giving something yourself, like giving yourself the opportunity to share that with somebody else and have their input or things that they say to you. Like that's, even if it's even if it's bad, that opening yourself up to that rejection and and the embrace of others. We we talked about maybe you know one or two months ago that you know this fear of rejection and opening yourself up to being hurt is something I've really struggled with. And the main thing is is that I always think that someone's gonna <laughs> you know shut down or think differently than me but you 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 posited has that happened to you like has has you have you shared with somebody and they've just been it's a complete negative reaction and like oh i don't want to hear about this and i said no that's never happened and <laughs> you said why would i why would i feel that way if you've never seen it and i was like ah eh, you never know mm -hmm. but we talked about how i think just instinctively i wouldn't open up to that kind of person i mean and if it did happen, now you know. <laughs> yeah, now what I know. The person you have exactly. in life and, and what you need to do. I know for the better now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But that was very eye opening to me. And I think that's not that I wasn't opening up to people before, but just thinking that over and hearing it out loud, it's it seems <laughs> it seems almost silly that I wouldn't open up, mm -hmm. especially if I want to open up to that person. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't shy away from wanting to share my emotions and, and my thoughts even if it's somebody who I haven't shared emotions or thoughts with before, like that shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a scary thing. It should be a fun thing. And I think that that goes all back to what you said about how, you know, processing your emotion and finding yourself should be fun. It shouldn't be frustrating, even though it, it could be frustrating at times, it could be very frustrating. Um, but at the end of the day, you should have fun with it because it's, you're exploring, you're, you know, you're advocating for yourself and, you're presenting yourself with all this opportunity for growth and happiness that yes, there will be setbacks and yes, there will be struggles, but that, you know, you owe it to yourself to have those opportunities and, and to grow from them if they do go negatively. Yeah. Cool.
anything for me. Okay. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah. Be good to yourself. Yeah, always. You've been listening to the After Session with Philip Lewis. I hope this time has been beneficial to you in some way. If you like some of the topics discussed, you can visit lewiscounseling.org and click on the After Session. Or follow me on Instagram at the After Session underscore. This podcast has been produced by Logan Wesley. You can follow Logan at onelawmusic.com or on Instagram at the number one L-A-W underscore music. Be good to yourself. <laughs>